in the name of Jesus. Amen. The text this morning gives us kind of this, a, a variety of different theological topics. Uh, but this morning it also gives us one very foundational, simple truth. And so this morning I actually want to just focus on this short, simple reality. And in order to kind of focus on this, I actually want to think about a mirror. Have you ever looked into a mirror? Most of us have looked into mirrors. Maybe we try to avoid the mirrors these days, right? Uh, but have you ever looked into a mirror and been disgusted by what you see? Okay, maybe disgusted is a bit harsh. <laughs> have you ever looked in the mirror, though, and, and kind of done the whole look in the mirror? You kind of look a little closer and you go, Woo! <laughs> I do not recognize that person. And what I mean by this is you look into the mirror and you start to notice things like, like the blemishes. You, you see the pimple that wasn't there 12 hours ago. You, you see the, the scar that still remains from that accident you had many years before. Or maybe you start to see the wrinkles that are creeping from your eyes. The things that show your age. May, maybe, maybe you notice the extra pound or two you put on after holiday season. It's coming up, by the way. Prepare yourselves. You see yourself in the mirror... And you don't like the image you see. We care a lot about our image. Not only our, our physical image, but we, we care a lot about just our, our image in general, our, our reputation, our, our image, the things that people perceive us to be. We, we care, and this is why we do things like, like striving to craft the perfect image. And we do this in a variety of ways. We do this, we do this with our, our social media, and we post the, the right pictures, the, the things that we want people to see. We share the right details of our lives so that people think we have everything put together. Or maybe it's, maybe it's the way you, you, kind of, you kind of present yourself and your family when you're in public. And you, you know what I'm talking about, especially if you have young kids in the car, you're, you're yelling at them, telling them to get your act together, and the moment that sliding door opens up, it smiles on, cameras are ready, let's look perfect. You know who you are, right? I am one of those, right? Or maybe it's when you come to church on Sunday morning, and you put on your, your best clothes, you put on your, your church clothes, your, your Sunday best, because when you come to church, you, you don't want anyone to see the mess behind that perfect exterior. You don't want people to see what's, what's behind the makeup and what's behind the, the, the suit and tie, what's behind the polo, what's behind the dress, because if they see it, they would realize you are far from perfect. We are sort of obsessed with creating the perfect image. See, this morning, Jesus actually brings up this, this topic of image. See, Jesus is in Israel, Jerusalem, actually, and he's there uh, during Holy Week. This is when our, our gospel reading takes place. And so only a few days after this moment, Jesus will be led to the cross where he will die and he will rise from the grave and eventually ascend for our salvation. But before then, the tensions are rising. 
The tensions between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Jesus are, are at an all-time high. It's like a rubber band about to snap, about to break. And so they are hammering him with question after question. And if you've noticed the last few weeks, Jesus has been hammering them back with parable after parable. And so finally, they, they, they realize they're not making much ground. And so they set out to trap him. And they set out to, to catch him in his words so that they can accuse him, so they can try him, so they can charge him. And so they ask him an actually really short and simple question. They bring up this idea of, of taxes, of money, and they say to him, well, is it lawful, Jesus, to pay taxes to Caesar? Now this is kind of a, a cultural question. Here in America, we'd probably say, well, yeah, you kind of have to pay the taxes, or the IRS comes knocking, and, then, and you do not want that phone call or that letter, and you do not want to deal with them, so yeah, just do it, right? But in this day and age, see, Jesus was in the middle of two different cultural powers. You had the, the Jews who were in the area of Jerusalem, and, and they did not like the Romans. They did not like Caesar, and so to pay taxes to Caesar would be sort of to, to be a slap in the face, and then on the other side, he had the Roman authorities who, if you denied their authority, well, they simply just come, arrest you, and crush you. And so Jesus is stuck with this question, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? If he says yes, we got problems. If he says no, he's got problems. They call it a lose-lose situation. <laughs> so Jesus actually does something, well, Jesus-like. <laughs> He changes the conversation completely. He actually answers their question with a question. Jesus asks someone to, to offer up a, a meager coin that they would pay for the tax, and, and he takes the coin, and, and he holds it up for all to see, and he asks the question, whose image is on this coin? And, and it's an obvious answer. Well, it's Caesar's image. And then he leaves them with this simple saying, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and give to God what is God's. So Jesus changes this conversation to what is lawful, to who belongs to what. See, it's clear that this coin belongs to Caesar, for it bears his image, but then he raises the question about giving to God, and he says, well, well, that raises the question, what belongs to God? <laughs> well, you're smart folks. You probably know the answer to this question. Everything. <laughs> Everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to God, for he created all things. He created all animals and everything that, that the earth is made out of. He spoke it into existence. Therefore, it is his. But Jesus is actually doing something far more specific, far more, far more pointed. Jesus is calling us all the way back to Genesis 1, where he, God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus is raising the question not of who, but what belongs to who, but whose, ba whose image bears whose image. Right, so he brings us all the way back to Genesis 1 where, where God created the foundations of the earth and it was there where God spoke everything into being. We're there where God made the, the angels, the rocks, the, 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 the creepy, crawly things amongst the earth, the, the cattle, all things he made, but there was, there was one, there was one creature 
that he made in his image. There was, there was one creature that God put his hands in the mud and crafted them meticulously. There was one image, that, there was one creature that would be his crown jewel. There was one creature who he would breathe the breath of life into their lungs. There was one creature he would make in his likeness who he would put above all else. There was one creature that he would smile upon greatly. And this creature was not just good like all of the others, but this creature would be made. And he would say, this creature is very good. And my brothers and sisters, that creature is you. You are God's crown jewel. He has made you and crafted you in your, in his own image. And I want you to, 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 to know this. This is, the, this is the simple truth I want you to come away with this morning because every time you look in the mirror and you're disgusted with what you see, I want you to remember that you are someone that God loves. And, and maybe you're wondering why, why, why is this focus on this very simple truth? Well, well, here's the reason why. Because Satan wants you to think otherwise. Satan is active in every one of our lives, and he has words that are venomous. He has words that are poisonous, and he's whispering them in, in, in your ears, and I know he is. Because he whispers them into mine. See, when you look in the mirror, Satan wants you to see someone who is still in their sin. When, when you look in the mirror, Satan wants you to see, he wants you to see that person who has lied. When, when you look in the mirror, Satan wants you to see that person who has stolen. When you look in the mirror, he wants you to see that person who has cheated. He wants you to see that person who has hated. He wants you to see that person who has been harsh. He wants you to see that person who is greedy. He wants you to see that person who has failed. He wants you to see that person who is broken. And he wants you to see that person who, although they may be alive, is dead. And he's crafty. As my old pastor said, he's a dirty dog. <laughs> and he plays dirty. And he whispers words in your ears. He wants you to see yourself as, 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 as blemished, as flawed, as broken. He wants you to see all of your scars. He wants you to look in that mirror and he wants you to hate yourself. He wants you to, to forsake yourself. He wants you to say to yourself, God could never love me. Do not listen to Satan. Because he is a liar. He is an accuser. He simply wants you to believe that you're still in your sins and that, that you're unforgivable. He wants you to see and look in that mirror and see someone who is worthless. He wants you to see someone who is unsavable. He wants you to see someone who is lost and can never be found. And sure, when you look in the mirror, may maybe you see these things. M maybe you do see your sins from the past that you know you've committed. Maybe you, you sit and you remember some of those, those wrong things you've done. But what if I told you that God has a different word for you this morning? 
What, what if I told you that, that there is someone who, who loves you and that although your image is not perfect, he is the image of perfection? <laughs> what if I told you this, that there is someone who is the perfect image of God and this person has actually taken your place in front of the mirror? What if I told you this person whose name is Jesus actually stands before you, he takes your blemishes, he takes your flaws, he takes your brokenness, he looks and he takes your hatred, he takes your greed, he takes your thievery, he takes your lust, he takes it all onto himself and then he dies and when he dies he buries it in the grave. What if I told you that God loves you so much that, that he himself dies for you? What if I told you, you have, you have one who will speak up on your behalf. You have one that when Satan is, is uttering his venomous words and, he, and he's causing you to doubt yourself, to doubt your faith, to doubt your salvation, he is causing you to doubt who God has created you to be. This Jesus steps in and he speaks up. And when he does, he says, Satan, go back to hell. This one is mine. I have died for them. I have made them in my image. And no one can pluck them from my hand. What if I told you that you are a righteous people? You have been made in the image of God. Regardless of what the world says, regardless of what Satan says, Christ has given you his perfect image. So when you go home, maybe go look in the mirror. And when you look in the mirror, I do not want you to see the blemish. I do not want you to see the, the sin, the, the brokenness. I do not want you to see this, this shattered person. But instead, I want you to see someone who was a sinner and is now forgiven. I want you to see someone who, yeah, they were lost, but you are now found. I want you to see someone who was once dead in their sin, but is now alive in Christ. You're the crown jewel of all creation. You're so loved by God. <laughs> so no matter what Satan tells you, please do not forget it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.